0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Kind of Funny Screencast, your home for all of the movie, TV, streaming service, uh, review discussions, reactions, etc. that you could possibly want here at Kind of Funny. I'm your host for today, Barrett Courtney, and before we get into it, I just want to let you know that you can catch the Kind of Funny Screencast at least once a week over on YouTube.com slash so kind of roosterteeth.com, and on podcast services around the globe when you search for the kind of funny screencast. I say at least once a week because, you know, in the opposite side of, you know, the video game landscape right now where it's kind of dry, it's not a lot going on, the entertainment side of the world is just booming. There is way too much to eat. Uh, you know, yesterday we had our Chippendale Rescue Rangers review go up. We've had two reaction, uh, uh, trailer reaction videos go up yesterday as well one for Mission Impossible, one for the new Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Uh, We're talking about Better Call Saul Season 6 Part 1 today, and later this week, Tim Geddes, Sage Ryan, and myself will be giving our review of the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Disney Plus original Star Wars show So, you know, make sure to subscribe, hit that notification bell, all the YouTuber stuff that you got to say to, you know, make sure to keep up to date because there's so much to talk about. Um, But we're not here to talk about those things today. Today, we are talking about the entirety of season six, part one of Better Call Saul. Last time we were here together, we uh, only had the first two episodes, so there's a lot to talk about today. And to do just that, I am joined by everyone's favorite T.O., Andy Cortez.
1: Hey everybody! Good morning. Um, I still haven't slept since last night. So,
0: <laughs> oh <boy. laughs> also with us, everyone's favorite lawyer turns con man, Roger Picorni.
2: I slept a lot last night. It's wow. To let you know that, you know, what I mean, I took Andy sleep that he didn't. Soulless. have. Solus, Soulless. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, you know, slept like a baby, had nothing on his uh-huh. mind. And yeah. rounding out the group, a returning special guest, everybody's favorite muscle for hire, Jake Baldino from YouTube.com/slash Jake Baldino. Jake, how you doing? <laughs>
3: I'm good. I'm, I'm very fit. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me back.
0: Oh yeah, of course, we're excited to have you back. You were uh, here with us when we talked about the first two episodes, gave our impressions of season six uh, so far, talked about theories and all that good stuff, so we're excited to have you back. predictions. Yeah, all these predictions that we had that we'll definitely follow up on in uh, this full review episodes. Uh, But before we talk about that, some housekeeping for you, just as a reminder, right? uh, You know, uh, last time we were here, we talked about the first two episodes. Uh, This is our first time back, talking about season six, part one, and in its entirety, we're doing the same thing for part two, when part two premieres, we'll be back uh, talking about the, the premiere episode in July, uh, talking about impressions, talking about theories and all that good stuff. And then we'll be back, when the entire series wraps up in August, giving our full review of season six, part two, uh, you know, giving a whole retrospective essentially on, you know, how it feels that, you know, this uh, this Better Call Saul chapter in the Breaking Bad universe is coming to an end. Again, we knew realistically with our schedules, we wouldn't be able to do weekly reviews of this show. Uh, so we thought this would be a good compromise to still talk passionately about the show that we all love with each other and with you. Speaking of you, you could be... One of our Patreon supporters were at the silver tier or above. You could watch the show ad-free and live as it's being recorded. Much like our Patreon producers, Anonymous, Molecule, and Fargo Brady, who can all catch screencast ad-free over on patreon.com slash so kinda of funny. Speaking of ads, we're brought to you by Me Undies, but we'll tell you about that later. Guys. We need to talk about Better Call Saul, Season 6, Part 1. We have not talked about anything since C- or Episode 2. You know, we have to talk about uh, Episodes 3 through 7. There's some follow-ups that I have from our last screencast together. But really, we need to talk about last night first. Jake, how are you feeling? What are the vibes? What What are you emotionally feeling after everything that's been revealed just halfway through this season?
3: uh so good (laughs) like i just i feel like it's at this tipping point now where like it started to it's almost like it started to explode and then it cut to black so the rest of that explosion is definitely going to be the next (laughs) season I, i feel like this is only a glimpse of a lot of uh consequences of actions of a lot of characters finally finally meeting those consequences and uh I think that I was very wrong in terms of thinking where I thought things would go, but I am about it. A lot of cool things returning, uh, a lot of people making moves I didn't expect, but I, I am like more in than ever, honestly.
0: Yeah, I, I, we're on, I'm we're i on the same page as you. Uh, Andy and I were talking last night after Andy uh, was able to watch it. And it, it, we talked about, like, it's one of those perfect things where they're setting up this scheme, uh, like, almost throughout the entirety of season six, part one. And you know it's a well-told story. When you're getting to the final episode, you know the scheme that Jimmy and Kim are setting up is about to happen. and You still don't really have any idea what it is. Right. And you yeah. don't realize it until it's like in the middle of already happening. Um, and it's yeah. just proof of like the the writing team that, uh, you know, the Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad team. You know, they haven't missed a beat since, you know, the beginning of Breaking Bad. So, um, Roger, how are you feeling after last night?
2: Oh, it, it, it was the explosion that I feel like I've been waiting for six seasons for. And now that we we get to actually. You know, I, every time a new season premiere happens, I'm like, this is the season. You know what I mean? This is the season <laughs> where we start, you know, we're going to do, maybe we're going to do like half a season of like the Gene timeline and all that stuff. But now it's like, okay, now you. I, I saw a Reddit post where someone was like breaking down pretty much everything that they have to wrap up in like six episodes. And it's like, oh, there's no way that, that these next six episodes aren't going to be banger after banger after banger of just explaining and kind of filling out this universe that we've been kind of waiting and patiently waiting for. And this has just been, I, I, the entire season, I think has been so far, has been really fantastic um it's it's it has that better call Saul energy the entire time. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't play into I think its worst instincts, which I think any other show probably would do by which now. Is just it could, Breaking Bad again. Exactly right. Yeah. Like it, it's it stays to its core of focusing on the little things, and you don't really you don't see the big picture as as you were yeah. saying. Like you don't understand the big picture. Um, and, and now we're starting to see the big picture. Yeah, it's, and it, it's it, really it, enthr- enthralling. It's, it's such a smart
0: way of like you know it's a prequel. You know, some elements are almost a sequel to Breaking Bad, you know, like you were saying, like any lesser creators, I think, would just, you know, have this be Breaking Bad again. And there are a lot of elements, and we'll talk about it with this uh, kind of mid-season finale, which we learned, I think, two days ago or something that wasn't intended to be a, a mid-season finale. Yeah. Um, you know, they there's still so many elements that are Breaking Bad-esque, uh, kind of especially, like, where this mid-season finale, like, kind of leaves us. For the next month and a half, and how similar and different that is to the mid-season finale in the last season of Breaking Bad, which I was talking to Andy uh, about last night. Andy, how you feeling?
1: Um, I mean, just another kind of masterclass in building a scheme, and I, I think it's pretty easy for me as a viewer to get lost in the sauce a bit. Where, um, I don't know if it's just a a, a part of my ADHD that I can Uh, you know, I can get distracted by something and maybe miss something and then think to myself, damn, what are they building towards right now? And did I miss the key scene? Let me go watch that back. And sure enough, this is another one of those moments similar to the Lily of the Valley, similar to, um, God, I mean, just countless moments in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, where there's a slow building thing happening in the background. And it's not going to be shoved in your face. They're not going to, you know, make it overbearing with what they're doing. It's just giving you little hints here and there. And you have enough time to think about it before you're on to the next sequence. And then everything culminates and completely makes sense at the end of it all. And it's just so damn impressive every mm. time they do it. And, um, yeah, I just think it's like that moment last night with having, um, with having Lalo enter the room and just the fear you feel, the fear you see on their faces, good Lord, that is, like, that's the most, like, if you told me that uh, on set that they brought on, like, a live tiger to get that reaction (laughs) out of them, like, I would have believed it because that reaction that we see from Kim and Jimmy is just so real to see, not, like, this ghost from their past that they were so glad is gone, and now is back for a reckoning. Yeah. And knowing that Howard is, he's gonna get some part of this as well. Like, you know, he's We're not just gonna around let him the bush.
0: Walk. Like, there's, there's so little time and so much to talk about. Howard Hamlin is dead. Howard Hamlin mm-hmm. was killed by Lalo, of all people, something that I never even would have uh, predicted. You know, in my notes from our last episode of Screencast, I did have in our quick uh, questions of predictions, I did write down will Howard be alive by the end of the series? And in the moment, I decided not to ask it on the screencast because I was like, that's too ridiculous of a question. And he's (laughs) fucking dead. And it's so great, especially with his speech to them. Oh, man. Before, like right before that, where, you know, throughout this uh, half of this episode, he's putting together the pieces of like what they pulled over on him and him confronting them. Directly telling them what is wrong with them and like why they're doing what they're doing is so volatile and so unnecessary because, you know, he realizes it's, it's, you know, it's not about the money. It's about it's about the feeling of, you know, getting away with it. Something that we, you know, see Kim was very much brought up with uh, uh, from her childhood of just this feeling of like realizing of like, yeah, if I can get away with shit, why not? You know, and yeah realizing the real consequences of what that actually does right in their faces with Lalo... Shooting Howard in the head in front of them in their own home—it's yeah, fucking insane.
2: It's—I—I wrote notes for every episode, and my notes are kind of all over the place. But I remember halfway through the episode, I think it was during the part when the intern comes in and like spills all the cans of sodas, and he's just being really sweet to him and helping him out and everything. Yeah, I just wrote, "God, Howard is 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 a sweet person. Sucks, he's gonna gonna get killed or something. Lol, as a joke, like (laughs) like oh, he's not gonna (laughs) fucking die, and then he fucking dies. So like, it's just." And and also that scene I, I put I um put it in assets. but like that that scene, like him um twisting the can, uh, referencing like the mm. twisting of the silencer, is just fucking masterful. Oh, like, yeah. that is and
0: that, and that's <laughs> and that's one of the great things. and that's something like i I really focus on that scene as well because it, you know, the writers are so good at, uh, you know, giving multiple meanings to to like important scenes like that because that wasn't something I picked up on Roger was like the whole like silencer and twisting. and, you know, silencers like, uh slang being called cans and stuff like that um and then uh, because for me in that scene you know he's talking about like this is something that chuck taught him and this was something that chuck did obsessively and you know that chuck did that obsessively because you know that jimmy was shaking his cans uh soda cans as a child and that's where chuck learned that and so for me in that moment like the, the soda can was uh, Jimmy and, you know, and Howard doesn't even realize that that's like the metaphor that he's kind of talking about in that moment. You know, Andy, I love a good metaphor where the characters don't even realize the full context of the metaphor that they're giving. Right. And so, you know, he's talking about this uh, can not exploding. And it's like, well, Howard, you have to remember that even though, you know, Chuck taught you all he knew, uh, not just lawyering, but dealing with Jimmy. Look where Chuck ended up. You know, that can of soda is going to explode no matter what you do. Um, And I I, and I thought of that in that moment as just, you know, Jimmy and Kim pulling the scheme over him, not to the point of, you know, Jimmy's other life really coming into, you know, the the lawyer side of things, the the prank side of things. Right. And that's something that is, you know, very, very similar to Breaking Bad um, in a very subtle way of, you know, This episode not being intended to be a mid-season finale, but they probably decided to cut here because this is kind of the moment um, in Breaking Bad season five uh, part one finale where you see Walt's two lives clash together in a way that he was never going to be able to predict with Hank sitting on the toilet, finding the notebook and putting two and two together of, oh, this guy is Heisenberg. You got me. Yeah, and you, you got the, you know, his family life and his meth life uh, coming together, and you get that same thing here with Jimmy's, you know, cartel, lawyer cartel, friend of the cartel stuff, coming together with just his fun, goofy, we're-gonna-fuck-with <clears throat> Howard life, and it, it comes together in a very real way that he could yeah. never have predicted, and it's so goddamn good.
3: The the way I look at it is that it's almost what Jimmy and Kim did is more brutal than the actual execution itself. I I think they they made him such a sympathetic character towards the end, where you start to almost kind of put together little pieces here and there, like, oh, well, back earlier, Howard wasn't always totally on board with how Chuck was going after Jimmy. Like, he had these little moments of of being a human. And then he got boned. He kind of, like, went back to the drawing board. He's in therapy. And like, it was treated as kind of a lighthearted, goofy thing, because he is one of those weird oddball characters but then that whole scheme and how they built it and how they built it slowly and let us actually figure it out and they didn't like pander it to us like they didn't they didn't talk down to us they let us figure it out and as it's starting to go you're starting to realize like how crazy it is like they're not going to pull it off but then also how mean it is it's like ooh, this is mean and then when howard confronts them about just how mean it is it's like you felt it especially with kim with how It's almost like that's the first time somebody and and somebody who, you know, was like a mentor, like a whole respect thing with them. The first time somebody was really like, what are you doing? People had been like, oh, you know, Kim, what are you doing with Jimmy? You know, Jimmy's not that great. But this was the first time where it was like, there's something wrong with you. And that was
0: that 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 was like how we're seeing her for the first time in a in a very real way of what she's been doing, because, you know, the assumption is like this has all just been Jimmy you know, and the way that she feeds into it is, yeah, like, really I, I
1: definitely agree with the this sort of heartbreaking nature of it. Because I, you kind of as you're watching it, sure, you can think Howard is a dick in the same way that a lot of people thought Skylar was like, just way too mean to Walt. But it's like, all, a lot of this is absolutely justified. And at the end of the day, Howard wasn't pulling any, you know, crazy schemes to fuck their careers over. And any if anything, it was always just kind of him trying to protect the firm in a very responsible way that just kind of makes sense. And sure, you know, I put you in the annex, Kim. You know, he talks about, like, the little moments that they had, but nothing more worse than what a boss would do, right? And to sort of see it all come together, to see him talking to... um. Uh, Howard, no, uh, what's his name? I'm um, Clifford? The, uh, Clifford, yeah. Um, to see him talking to Clifford and I thought that was such a great moment of of just conversing between two people where Howard is like, I have all this shit happening to me and you're listening to it like, God, you sound fucking crazy, even though you're absolutely right yeah. and you put it all together, you have all the clues down, you have all the evidence, you, we know you're right, you still sound crazy, and then there's there's that moment where Clifford's kind of listening to him, just kind of explaining all of this clusterfuck. And even even Clifford, is kind of like, look, man, it doesn't matter anymore. Like we, we we lost all of this stuff, even though you might be kind of starting to convince me because I know what kind of person Jimmy can probably be. And I know what he's been to you in your past. Who gives a shit? We still lost this this thing, and we're going to have to settle on all this. Money's going to be lost. And I, I just like, goddamn, they're so good with, again, planting all those seeds like Jake was mentioning, I, I even think of the um the scheme with the um, uh, with a hospital bed, you know, like, trying to, well, when he has um, uh, Chuck in the bed, and he's like, look, dude, there's no electromagnetic waves. When he puts the cell phone in his pocket. There's all these little schemes that they sort of like hint to you without being too overbearing and then they reveal it all and it just again shows why I think this writing team is top tier and um I just don't think they can do any wrong man like I I at this point it's like if they don't land the plane I'm okay because the I think was every good <laughs> the, I mean this flight was crazy good dude <laughs> um
0: One thing, you know, like uh, talking about the scheme and stuff and like how perfectly it was built throughout this entire part one of the final season and like how you see it all kind of come together. Because like, you know, when they're trying to get an actor who looks similar to this, like judge mediator, you know, like I thought they were like going to film something and send it to the the meeting to like just be like, a ha fuck you guys kind of thing. And to see like the play that they're actually trying to make of making Howard seem like an absolute psycho in that meeting and it's just pictures and all this stuff. And I, I I love the, you know, the, you know, Kim doubling down in episode six and, you know, turning around, leaving that meeting, which would have been a fucking amazing opportunity. And that's why, you know, it's not about the money. It's about this being able to get away with it. Uh, uh, itch that she has, um, where she helps out you know they get the actor back and i love that scene where you know he's like rehearsing i i assume oh, like dude. a like a play play lines or something like that
3: i felt that i i yeah. used to push i used to push grocery store carts and i used to be pushing them and being like like comment subscribe yeah. like, day, like that was me and, like, <laughs> and then like
0: jimmy comes up and is like trying to do this in and speaks about like making yeah. art and stuff like that and then like getting them onto the the college campus which i absolutely adore because we've seen these poor kids helping out jimmy I'm pretty sure since... And kids, they're, like, 45. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're, they're like so, old, as, they're so na- old now. But, like, you know, they've been helping Jimmy, I think, since season two. And you finally Wait. get, like, a slice of their life where, like, the director yeah. is, like kind of student teaching and yeah and I've
2: that that was something that I really loved because one when I went to film school for one year that I fucking seen types exactly (laughs) like that and that shit I was like the nice cameras yeah exactly I was just like you know what you you and Saul fucking belong together like that is that is for sure that makes a lot more sense but like going back to like uh Kim leaving that meeting or, or not going to the meeting at all and uh also bringing up that um the whole Cliff and Hamlin um debate and how he kind of is picking up on a little bit of maybe that jimmy might have had, had something to do with this i think that there might be playing towards that in the next season of like cliff putting two and two together by all of this uh you know hamlin maybe disappearing i don't know how this works out or what they do with that um, yeah the gravity I,
0: of that like a very yeah. big pillar of like the local lawyer law community is just dead and like yeah and then what he is finds all out
2: And if he finds out that Kim didn't go to this meeting, that's like a fucking slam dunk. And I I, I would be very interested because I do like Cliff as a character and he's been getting a lot of play this season. Uh, So to see him hopefully come back in in more of a. a, a He's such a nice
0: dude. You know, you're just like, I'm so sorry that you're involved in all this bullshit that these other characters like you just seem like a nice guy. You know, that's also because, you know, I liked you in Arrested Development, but you know, (laughs) all right. Um, Peter
3: Gould did say that uh, this doesn't necessarily wrap up the lawyer, the lawyer verse part oh. of the song at all. Uh, he did say like, you know, he's like, we have Ed Bagley Jr. Like, we're going to keep using him. Mm. So with you mentioning that with, with Cliff Main possibly figuring this out, yeah. I'm really curious to see what he's like on the back foot, on on the defense. Like, yeah. where does his scary lawyer come out? Because so far... He's been, like, normal, regular person.
0: And, like, uh, there is still the question, you know, like, I, I, one of the questions I asked you guys in the the last episode we did was, like, does Kim live? Uh, Is she alive by the end of this? And, like, maybe she is, and maybe you know she gets like everything that she's done gets caught up with her and that's coming from clifford right um which i I think will be really interesting i want to talk more about you know the rest of the season we haven't even talked about we haven't been able to talk about nacho on the content at all together but before we get to the rest of the season give our thoughts i want to tell you
4: about our sponsors this episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now I'm wearing the MeUndies shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there, right? I got the Undies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the undies and then boom, Undies socks, baby. That's how we do out here at Kind of Funny. I love being soft head to toe in the micro modal fabric. You already know all about that, but if you don't Let's face it: summer's sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies' light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from. But if you just like classic black, that's totally cool too. They got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for. They have super fun seasonal prints, tons of styles, and sizes extra small to 4XL, so you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you first-time purchasers: you can get. 15% off. If you sign up for their free to join membership, you can apply that 50% off to their already discounted membership prices to get 15% off your first order and a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. Go to me undies.com slash kind of funny. That's me undies.com slash kind of funny. Tell them Tim Getty sent you Andy.
0: One of the prediction questions I asked on the last episode when we were together was does nacho make it out alive? And you were the only one to predict correctly that no, he would not be making it out alive. That was the first episode after we recorded, which
1: was (laughs) insane. The the third
0: episode in the season was killing like the essentially just like this finale for a major character since the first season where, you know, you see him like realize that he was set up to be this patsy by uh, Gus. You know, you see Mike's end of things where he's not completely happy about it. He almost sees like Nacho as like a a son in a way, in a very weird way in their world and stuff like that. And you see that he wants to be take care of this kid who's just been trying to get out. And Mike understands that and feels that Nacho, you know, accepting that he's the fall guy, but he wants to be that on his own terms and you know make sure that no one's going to go after his dad again and like make sure like all of his shit is taken care of before he essentially goes off and you know takes the fall for Gus in a way um yeah uh, well, I have how'd a you guys-
2: I, I- I have, I have a question about that um i remember maybe i'm completely off base and i'm misremembering but i remember in when he was on the truck right like being transported to um be executed mm. uh he he talks to he's talking to them and they're going over the plan and he, the plan originally was for him to for them to kill him um and he talks about that uh, about he's like okay you're gonna run around the corner and then we'll we'll make it fast yeah so so originally the plan was for him to I'm to yeah, kill the dude. Okay.
0: Yeah, the the original yeah. plan cuz like him and Mike have like one last drink the night before like it's happening. Yeah. Mike I think Mike's the one who tells him like I'm going to I'm going to be the one who does it. Like I like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm putting I have down, the down my dog up here. <laughs> yeah, and you know like we'll, we'll we'll do it in in stuff and it'll be we're, we're going to make sure it's like quick and and all this stuff and yeah he kind of it's like a
2: one last fuck you
0: like yeah it it really was you know and i remember in that moment being like is he gonna somehow try to get out of this because he's holding like a like a gun or a knife to um uh like donald audio's like right hand man or whatever who we know isn't breaking bad so i know like he's not really like in any yeah uh any danger and stuff like that so i was like. Where is he trying to go from here? And it really was just like a one last fuck you. It, it it really felt like the. It reminded me of Walt telling Jesse that he was responsible for Jane's death. You know where he wanted to be the one to be like, "You're a fucking psychopath. I set this all up. Fuck you." Because he did yeah. really hate Hector. Uh, yeah, which I I love that he got that.
1: That was an incredible moment. Having that sort of um. Uh, again, I'm going out of my terms. We've mentioned that before, and. By the way, you're like that right now because of me. I'm the one who switched out all the medicine. I'm responsible for this. It's the last perfect sort of fuck you. But I think as that episode is leading up, I'm still, uh, I'm still kind of waiting for. All right, how's he gonna escape? How uh, it, it, are they gonna find enough yeah. sympathy to let him go? Like, is there still one chance that Mike German Trout kind of says, you know what, kid, never mind, go do your own thing or whatever, and i I love that it didn't happen that way. Um, I didn't think it would happen this fast. I thought that I thought that Nacho would be there until the, you know, maybe last two episodes, and that's where he might die trying to do something crazy. But I think seeing him go out this way um is perfect for this character. I think it's um, it still felt like a win for the audience, um, even though I think one of the more beloved characters and one of the more, Uh, characters that the audience sort of feels you know uh, sympathy for still at this point Uh, this guy is able to kind of go out on his own instead of just being shot down by this this crazy mob I think it was perfect Um, that was sort of that first episode of this season that just kind of again we we weren't even able to record the reaction of it but i think all of us kind of had that holy fuck this is awesome yeah and i love that this is happening it felt like the first episode was like it
0: it felt real in that moment of like oh this is the final season um and the the big question that i still have coming from that episode is like all right when we first meet Saul in breaking bad he talks about like he thinks uh Walt and Jesse are being sent by Lalo. He blames whatever, you know, he thinks Lalo's coming after uh him for on Nacho. Is that this something that they're gonna kind of ignore now or you know and stuff like that? So I th- I think that's interesting. Or was that just are they gonna chalk that up to like Jimmy just deflecting of like pulling one over uh on Lalo and just blaming it on, you know, the first name that pops up into his head? I'm not I'm not entirely sure. But that was some that was something that gave me pause. I was like how is this going to come together? Where like I feel like at some point Jimmy's going to have to be a part of screwing over Lalo in some way, shape, or form. So that'll be interesting yep. to
2: see. Um, there's one line from this episode that I think is is really telling and, and fantastic. It's when Kim is is talking to Jimmy about uh, the prosecutor, how they're making a case or or they're trying to build a case against uh, Jimmy, and uh, she she he's going over the options. He doesn't know what to do. Like that's a, a clear moment of like if he if she was like hey you should probably go to the authorities he probably would have done it but then she says you can either be a friend of the cartel or a rat and it's like oh. fuck like we're going down this path like she is she does not give a fight like she yeah. is completely against him even being close to uh talking to the police and that's that was that i think that we, we talked about that in the first in in the original screencast and uh, it was kind of confirmed uh, this yeah. episode was kind of fucking big <laughs>
1: I, I also think it's not only just, hey, we don't want you to talk to the police. I think it's, um, I think that may be more dangerous talking to the police yep. at this point. I, I think him going to the police, her kind of getting the, her understanding how dangerous this all really is and kind of getting a hint to these people are really serious about their line of work. Yeah, And I think that, you know, th- if you go to police now, that immediately changes everything for us. So our future is totally different, or we can ride this very dangerous ways where the sharks the sharks are right below, waiting for us at any moment. But we're still above water, you know. I think going to the police completely changes their sort of course of action.
0: Um. Yeah, and I I love that especially like she knows for I think it's episode four, uh, who uh, which was directed by. I'm gonna mispronounce her name. Uh uh Raya she uh Seahorn. Raya Seahorn, yeah. yeah. Um she directed that episode and where she's told by Mike of like, yeah, Lalo's alive. Yeah, like we fought we weren't able to like actually kill him. He's still out there. And I love the the thing where he tells her, he's like, I think you're made of harder stuff than he is. That's why I'm telling you. Um and so like she kind of you know, I love that it comes to fruition in, you know, episode seven where you know. Jimmy is terrified because he. I don't think she tells him right. Like she didn't no. tell him at all of what Mike told her, and so he is just like his world's like flipped upside down because this entire time, like he thought he was dead, and where she is a little bit like on top of the situation because she knows she's been knowing what the reality of uh, of Lalo for a while.
1: Um, oh, I just I just wanted to bring up what I told Barrett last night from um, when we did our first reaction. Um, I mentioned how these characters are the smartest people alive, and they notice the smallest things. And I'd be dead within 20 minutes <laughs> in this universe because yeah. I would just be so oblivious to everything. You would not know that,
0: you know, the uh uh um your phone was being tapped by Gus Fring calling your yeah uh, your to one not. last time like yeah
1: when yeah when Lalo's calling uh, Hector Salamanca and hears a little clicking and knows. Oh shit! I think I'm being listened to. <laughs> like for I was me, like, what <laughs> would not uh, would not get that whatsoever. Like obviously, no. as I'm watching it, I go, "Oh shit!" He knows something that maybe. Uh, yeah, I had maybe to, maybe to rewind it like twice. I'm
0: like, I guess he. What's the click? Like, is that them listen? What is happening? It's 4D and- chess
3: because now he knows that the conversation is being recorded, so he totally changed. It. Like, it's yeah, yes, it's A
1: perfect. Lot. Again, it's like from both sides. I'm going to completely fake him out. I'm going to tell him that we're hitting him hard tonight at his house. All the security is going to be over there, leaving me completely open to do something else. Um, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, again, that's that's one of those moments where when he kind of understands that the line is tapped... For me, I've just been like, oh, bad signal.
2: I'm in a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a literal sewer. Um, can, we, can, we, can we talk really quickly about uh, Fring's house and the way that they oh, show that now? how it's like yes. a fucking James Bond villain? It's incredible. I, it's I, like, I have
0: it, in my notes it's it, Gus's Batcave <laughs> is the neighbor's house.
1: Um I like I
0: love like the whole like slow reveal of like what like who's who are these people like taking over this like couple's house? What are they watching? And like the slow reveal of like Gus is hankering down. Like he is bolting everything down for Lalo. And
2: if I think it was, it's. If it moves any other show, I feel like it would be, it would just be like, this is this is jumping the shark. Like, yeah. This, yeah. this is yeah. too but far. But the we fact know that it's, it's yeah.
0: Gus, right? It, yeah. it, like it they do earn it in, in a way. And I think I might have mentioned this, or maybe I didn't, I forget, of like Gus has, I think. We haven't seen this kind of Gus before, ever. Of like, he is fucking scared you know there's the episode i think maybe an episode two where like he drops the water um or like it, it, like we have never seen him this way we have never seen him this fucked up and i i, I think it's fascinating we've never seen you know this side where he's able to go into his house open up a fucking like a secret passageway to his neighbor's house and like <laughs> really see how in depth of like you know He's letting Mike's guys watch Mike's family. Um, you know, he needs the laundromat to be watched over. Uh, and I love that, like, he has, like, the little inkling of, like, maybe I, th- I feel like in my gut that Lalo is trying to find this laundromat. And he's right, too. Um, and the question that I have um, before I, I get to some other fun things is... Why did Lalo, decide? because he, you know, he went through the means of, like, going to Germany, finding um the architect's wife, uh befriending her, uh, you know, the entire time. I'm scared for her well-being and stuff like that, especially when he, like, breaks into her house, and then she He's comes so back smooth. home.
2: He's so smooth hitting on her, you know what I mean? Oh, like, I would, oh, I would oh, give yeah. it up immediately if, if Lalo pulls up to me at the fucking <laughs> bar, bro. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, God.
0: 100%. He's Mustache a charmer. Yeah, he, exactly. He, and it's... Even when he's putting on the charm, you're like, "Oh my god!" Like yeah. you're gonna slit someone's throat in a second. And he's such a great actor, and I, I, I like he pulls it off so well. Um, he goes through all that trouble. He finds one of the workers and tortures them to like figure out what the fuck's going on with this laundromat. Finds out that it's the mother of all meth labs. That's what you know the the plan is for this place at least. And he decides to go after Jimmy instead again. And I like I, I really wonder if like you know he's he's got this plan of like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna lure guys out of the laundromat and have them all be on Gus so I can go into this laundromat I can find the proof to send to Donald Audio because that's his like main goal like why does he go to Saul instead
1: I I don't think we know yet I yeah. I think that this is the another planting of a seed that again this wasn't meant to be a mid finale and so. This obviously wasn't just done for shock factor, but there's a reason why he says, I need my lawyer. That's why I'm here. And like, obviously, I'm going to do whatever I can to uh, including, you know, giving Howard a fucking one click headshot. Um, I think that we will find out in the next episode why um, why he needs his lawyer, because the plan was I'm going to shoot. And I love, by the way, the absolute confidence this dude has to just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go in that place and shoot everybody up, like, because I'll just kill everybody, you know. Um, but I, first off, I I just want to shout out to the the dude back in Germany who gets his ankle just axed, fucking awful, Jesus,
3: like big time gore. I was like, whoa, yeah, whoa!
1: I was not expecting that. I was not expect like it was such a violent looking swing, and then just to kind of see it on the ground, oh, the, the, terrifying to look at. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we are to know quite yet why he wants his lawyer, because he's going to involve him in some way. And I think this is again them just planting those seeds, and we'll find out soon enough in six weeks.
3: The, the cl- you just reminded me, I didn't even remember that he mentioned that he needed his lawyer, because like my butthole was so clenched <laughs> during that scene. <laughs> talk, talk, talk about that! I I, I was
2: I, I rewatched it, and he only comes in when Hamlin starts talking about exposing. Both of them. So it's like, whatever it is, it's extremely... Of course, we're not supposed to know what it is, but I'm just scared. I'm just scared. And I love... Like,
0: I was telling Andy this last night. um, You know, like, I... When the scene first starts and, you know, Howard's let in and Kim notices the flickering of the flame, you know, I thought of it as, like, a flickering of, like, you know, a metaphor, representation of, like, her doubting, her starting to maybe start to doubt of, like, what she's doing and all this stuff. And that might still be, like, one of their intentions because, again, almost anything has double meanings in these shows. But then it's really just used as a device to be, like, someone else is here. And it's... God, they... They know how to tell a, a, a fucking story. Um, you know, and there's so much that that we still really haven't talked about. You know, I want to you know, just shout out, like, the fun um, kind of things that they have. Uh, like, Easter eggs from Breaking Bad and, like, things that they've kind of set up almost as a, like, um, uh, checkmark prequel of, like, how does Saul become Saul, right? You know, you get the uh, – him getting the office um, – uh, really Fran- nice yeah the Fra- <laughs> like francesca like uh, making it like a really pretty office and you're like how like do they decide to like kind of like dumb it down because they know that that's not representat- uh representative of their clientele uh you know you we run back into the uh the couple from season one who yeah. were part of like the fraud stuff and you see like the uh the statue of liberty thing um you know uh, i love that like something that they slowly built up is that he's got this vet contact who has this like has all of these contacts and stuff like that. There's a network. Yeah, <laughs> he has this yeah. like network of like criminal shit going on, and he's pretty much like this is starting to get too hot for me. Like I'm I'm gonna retire and I'm just gonna like live my life, and you know I'm gonna sell this little black book and like in that moment you're like oh, my God, that's how, like, Saul's going to have all of these connections for Breaking Bad. Um, you know, you even see, like, the uh, best quality vacuum card in that black yep. book and stuff, and you're like, this is such a it, – it, it feels like, a, like they're just checkboxing all of the little things that, like, Saul has – in Breaking Bad, but I think the way that they built it up and like how these, he gets these things is just so well done and so smart. Uh, shout out to Mr. Spooge uh, who, you know, the last time we saw him was in Breaking Bad calling his wife uh, a skank, you know, having an ATM oh. fall onto his face and we see him <laughs> as a totally normal guy, not totally normal like he's definitely a little shady but he's not, you know, super high on meth, you know, he doesn't he doesn't look all scabby and stuff. super some, high,
2: maybe a little high I'm Maybe absolutely. a little like higher, high. but like, yeah. you
0: know, he's like, <laughs> you know, he's like dressed up. He's it wasn't like, yeah. the blue
2: crystal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he's
0: able to like have a normal conversation and stuff like that. That was fascinating to see. You know, we see uh, Wendy, um, which was absolutely fantastic. I, I loved, you know, even the callback to her loving root beer uh, and all this stuff. And yeah. And, you know, that I think that was the episode that um, uh, 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 Rhea uh, directed, because that's also the one where, like, you know, Saul pushes her out of the car in front of, like, Clifford and makes him look, uh, makes himself look like uh, Howard and stuff like that, which just in and of itself was just like, Jesus Christ, the lengths they are going to, to, like, try another, to discredit Howard.
1: <laughs> another great scheme. Like, I mean, yeah. the, again, show me... Uh, I want to be loved the way they love building a scheme and mm-hmm. like putting the the parking sign and like just that whole sequence because it's like it's always the best when something is going smooth and something fucks up at the last second. and how are we gonna pivot? how are we gonna improv yeah. and figure out how to fix the situation. Um, I just wanted to shout out how um, when Lalo' introduced at the end of season four um, four. five? Uh four four. Uh, when he's introduced at the end of four, and I know that we are getting close to the end of this series, I am immediately just in love with this dude. I know he's gonna be an evil asshole, but I'm like, damn, this is—is is this enough time to really build out this villain? Are we gonna get enough of these scary moments? And they have delivered in spades. <laughs> I, I, I love. The, I, I just—I didn't think yeah. we'd really get enough time with him. I was really worried because obviously with with Fringe and Breaking Bad we had a decent amount of seasons to really feel the full weight of his violence and his capabilities. Yep. And we saw it sort of build up and build up and then when he slices Homeboy's throat inside of the lab you're like, "Oh shit, you're crazy crazy." Like I I know that you run a lot of evil shit, but like this is like a different level of of psychopathic that we're dealing with right now. Yep. I was really worried that we weren't going to get Lalo uh you know are they going to rush his sort of evilness yeah. how are they going to make him an imposing figure when we've seen imposing figures before and I'm I'm so happy with how they've sort of developed him uh, They
3: nailed it. I almost wonder like where is is or are they going to are they going to find a crack? Where is the one crack in the vase because he's he's dangerous, he's crazy, he's scary, he's like hyper smart. He's really capable physically. So it's like is there any weak point there? I'm curious if that's like what we're gonna get.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it's almost like they have to catch him by surprise. Like the, this is this is one of those moments where you know, like we know that Gus also thinks in 40 chess in a in a lot of real ways. And you know, I think they're they're really gonna have to try to think of something dealing with this guy to like really just get him out of the picture.
2: What's up, Roger? Uh, I just wanna point out in episode five, Gus puts a gun in the tractor tire in the uh in the meth lab. Just wanna put that out there because uh, it's gonna come back. It has yeah. to come back. I don't know where the fuck it's uh. gonna come back, but he puts it there and then he just walks away. Good no So there's a gun. Just wanna put it out there.
0: Good note. Um I, I, I love the callback too of uh I think it's the last episode Lalo um has with Nacho at the end of season five or uh, before the assassination attempt, you know, he's like, Yeah, I don't sleep, man. Like, I, I sleep maybe an hour, and then they, like, do that in uh, the shot. last episode. They show of yeah. like, he, like, sets the 60-minute timer and, like, wakes up before it even, like, goes off and stuff like that. I, I, I love little things like that uh, coming back. There was something else in this episode that I wanted to uh, bring up, but I'm I'm losing it. Um, of Something I, that was, like, brought up uh,
2: earlier. I believe that I would be able to see uh, uh, Lalo in a fucking drain thing i think i could see it i think i would notice a dude and looking through you know, a like are you know yeah exactly i just feel like so i feel like someone would like throw a cigarette down there and they'd be like oh fuck what the fuck like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's that concrete of a place to like yeah. I, but uh, i digress sorry. yeah yeah um, also <laughs> i just
1: love the absolute confidence that so many of these villains have with doing things that um uh, in any other universe you'd be worried about them being seen um, and it's always like th- there's a couple of moments in Breaking Bad and in Better Call Saul where a villain does something and you're like oh so we're just not really we don't even care that this is a super obvious thing it's just like they're the villain in, and they're in their bag so who gives a shit and there's been moments where they're like no 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 I took down the security footage or I you know I killed the witness or whatever the hell but like when he's just like walking down the street with a fucking crowbar like (laughs) oh like lifting up the sewer it's like this guy doesn't give a damn that somebody could be getting home from work late like who's this what's this guy doing jumping in the sewer uh i just love that they that this universe can do that and not really make me go really somebody would have seen it i don't give a damn it doesn't break the immersion somehow you know yeah uh the the last thing. you've ever
3: been to albuquerque there's there are very empty parts of albuquerque i was like i believe that yeah i went to the house we wanted to throw pizza on the roof they didn't let us uh
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) owners are like please stop (laughs) it is very much like suburban town where there's just like a lot of places where it's like yeah no one's Fucking over yeah. here. The last thing I wanted to uh uh the last like big reveal moment from the final episode from last night that I absolutely loved is like you know, they're getting the pictures ready, they're doing the droplets. We don't quite know what the droplets are quite yet. Uh Jimmy's running, and then he like goes to a car and he's like, Go, go, go! And you like get that <sighs> moment where you're like, Oh my god, the PI that Howard hired. Is actually Jimmy's in. guy, and like that oh, moment it's... where that was when it all started coming together, and that's where I was like, "Oh, their their plan is going through, and they're gonna absolutely ruin Howard." Yeah, and that's is... when I started getting sad. Yeah, I
2: was just like, yeah. "Ah, no, nah, this is yeah. this like is." He played right yeah. into their hands, and he yeah, no like had just... yeah, no chance. Yeah, no chance. I know.
1: I'll, I was almost kind of saddened by it, um, but by, by that reveal, as much as I loved it, because. Um. Or, or rather, there's a moment earlier on in the season where they are getting all of these, they're putting all these pieces into play to kind of get this plan rolling. And he has the boxing match with Howard where he lets Howard beat him up. And then he says, like, I played into his into his plan. And then you see that Howard had somebody watching the whole time. And you're like, oh, shit, Howard's working on some stuff. Yeah. And then Kim kind of drops the line of, yeah, well, this had to happen in order for us to do what we want to do yeah and i was like am i happy she said that line because like <laughs>
3: what
1: would i have would i have loved the moment of him seeing the private investigator for the first time last night even more had i not known that jimmy and kim are already enacting something in the background like we're yeah you're yeah sure you have a plan but we have a plan for your plan like yeah. i I wonder if I would have loved that reveal a bit more, but um, yeah, I just I just love when a character is like, again, it just kind of reminds you like the best seasons of Game of Thrones, where it's like, oh, you're working on something, but they have something for you as well. Yeah,
0: and again, masterful storytelling, um, you know, of you know, showing just one perspective and showing it enough that you forget almost of like what the other perspective is until the right moment and you're like, ah, oh God, like we didn't see the full picture here. And so the, like, we're in the middle of the last moment. You brought up the boxing ring, uh, kind of, uh, scene, which I absolutely adore because it really, I think there's a line that Howard says that I think like kind of wraps up his entire character. I think in this entire show where he says, you've mistaken my kindness for weakness. And that was just like one of those things where in that moment I was like, you know, Howard's not making it out of this show happy now alive, you know, he's not making it out alive, but at the moment I was like, he's not making it out of this show happy. And I'm so upset because, you know, like, yeah, he does have a lot of privilege that, you know, Jimmy and Kim were never super fond of, you know, the way that they also saw him as someone always taking Chuck's side and stuff like that. Um, You know, they, they really felt that, but you know, like you were saying earlier, Jake, of, like, the way that they were able to build him up sympathetically. Um, not just this season, but the last couple. You're like, God damn, this poor man who is just trying to, like, kind of do his best and Also no going one... through a divorce, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying, oh, I'm
3: a... man, I'm divorced, and then click pow. It's like, my how dog many died things like, I don't on know. him? Dude, the <laughs> yeah. coffee
0: scene where he, like, spends this time Making out this coffee like for his wife, and she just like pours it into a to-go play, uh, to-go thing. Doesn't say thank you. Is very short with him. That's, She's going out with. her. F- Sorry, go ahead.
3: That scene was a recreation of me bringing my steam deck to my wife with vampire survivors on it. And I'm like, you're going to love it. It's awesome. And she's like, this is stupid. And I was like, okay, have a good day. (laughs) We don't know, like, you
0: know uh, what Howard was like at home, but like in that moment, you're like, God damn, like at least he's you know, trying something here. And
2: yeah, yeah, I I like that. That was also a genuine, not a moment of, of like, um, of sympathy or, or feeling sorry for him. But like when he says that they're like, Oh, really like oh you guys are Oh, i didn't know that like that was like the one thing that they didn't know about his life and they instead of taking it like oh fuck we shouldn't have done this they were just like ah it's just whatever fuck yeah
0: (laughs) and and, and i think that scene is the first time we've ever seen her right like we don't really see any of that from him and i and i again i love that they they pull in another perspective at the right moment to really hit you in unexpected ways
3: patrick fabian is the name of the actor and i think he should definitely be remembered uh for just being such an incredible character actor 100%. just like god tier stuff
0: yeah um before we kind of like round out here and i uh give some uh update uh, updates from our prediction questions uh last time any other big moments from the seasons any uh you know specific scenes you guys want to call out and talk about uh jake what about you
3: Michael Mando's big moment where I, I said last time we talked that he's going to have some big final, like Oscar worthy or whatever award it is, uh, moment. And for me, I think we got it was when he called his dad, when he knew he was turning himself in, he know, he knew he was going to be the fall guy and he calls his dad and it is such a simple conversation. They, they don't even really speak about anything. It's all just through their emotion and all through their faces, his face. Knowing that he's going to die, calling his dad one last time. His dad kind of understanding while barely anything is set. It's almost like a very good, real thing if you have a dad like that. I I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah, 100%. Roger, Andy, anything, uh, any other like big moments or stuff that you guys want to bring up that you either loved or were confused about or anything?
2: I think that the only thing that I was thinking about for like half the season was when uh, when Kim would have that Mexican restaurant that she would take her clients to like her bill must be fucking huge. (laughs) Like they're they're ordering so much food and like she's there all day. Like it's not even a coffee place. You know what I mean? Like, It's (laughs) like, fuck, this is expensive. But I mean, it's it is also New Mexico. So I'm sure like Mexican food's a lot cheaper than it is in New York. (laughs) Yeah,
0: 100 percent. I love that the scene, too, where she's catching up with her old assistant and where she's essentially just trying to get info out of her to find out who this judge mediator is going to be. And, you know, I, I love the scene where her assistant, it kind of was like, I look up to you. Like you're such like a, an important figure in my life, in my career. And it's kind of, um, knowing what she's actually doing in her life and like how she's viewed by others. Like it, it really made me think of like, does that eat at her at all? You know, like or is she really just, you know, this kid who is told by her mother, "If you can get away with something, just fucking do it," you know? Like, it, are, are they that soulless? Which is what you know Howard essentially told them in the, in in this in last scene. So, yeah, I, I I fucking loved that scene of just like kind of getting a reminder of like where Kim was before all this and stuff like that. It was I I thought it was great.
1: Um, I got nothing other than just like I think this is. Going to go down as one of the best shows of all time, and that um, nobody watched. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it kind of does remind me of just again the masterful planting of seeds. I I haven't felt this way, especially in this season in particular. Where like I feel like they always do it, but I feel like this season they were just absolutely goaded at it, and it reminds me of um, watching Watchmen on HBO um, and that single season that it existed where. Every little thing that they show is purposeful, and it has uh, meaning, and that one throwaway sequence that took one second on screen is likely going to have big ramifications in the future. So, I like, Roger mentioning the gun in the laundromat, I forgot about that, and I'll be looking out for that, and it's just like... This whole, uh, everything they do is just so perfectly done, and um, yeah, I just, I really hope that they clean up at awards season for whatever fucking award it is, Jake. Who gives a shit? (laughs) All
0: right, well, to round out the show before we part ways until uh, season six, part two premieres in a month and a half. I have some follow-up on the uh, quick hit questions that I asked at the end of last episode where we were together. Um, I asked, will Nacho be dead by the end of the series? Like I said earlier, Andy was the only one who predicted correctly by saying yes. The rest of us said no. Um, Something yet to be determined, but I also asked, will Kim be dead by the end of the series? Uh, We all guessed no. Um, again, I had written my notes. Will Howard be dead by the end of the series in that moment? I thought it was too ridiculous of a question, so I skipped it, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, I also asked, does Gene, future Saul, die by the end of the series? Uh, Jake says he'll die. Roger, uh, Roger and I both says, uh, say he'll get caught, and Andy just says he won't die. Um, again, yet to be determined because we have not seen uh, Gene yet. Uh, just a quick thing. I am convinced that the last episode is entirely going to be Gene. Um, I just want to put that out there. I think they're going to do five episodes left of wrapping up all of this stuff. And the last episode is just like where Jimmy is at now. Um, All Gene all the time. All Gene all the time. Uh, And then Lalo. uh, The last question I asked was Lalo pretty much has to die. So who kills him? Roger predicted Saul. Andy uh, predicted Nacho and Lalo would kill each other. I said Gus himself would do it. And Jake predicted Howard
1: Hamlin would kill Lalo, and that, I think that's so that fucking hilarious. <laughs> who would have thought? I know. Who would have thought that the craziest mashing of worlds would have come together in at all? Right? Like in no in no situation did I think they'd even share the screen. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like it's like um uh who's the sister in in Breaking Bad? Um, uh Hank's Marie? wife. Marie yeah, yeah Marie it's like when like Marie and Jesse meet for the first time in the final season and you're like, this is fucking weird yeah. <laughs>
3: um
1: anyways yeah, I I just want Sorry. to reiterate I don't think that uh, I especially now don't think that Kim will die mm. um I, I think that especially having the Howard death along with the nacho death. I think that killing any other main character, my mate seem a little trite or, yeah. you know, I yeah. just, I just feel like it, it, I, it feels I, I also like don't think they've it, already it, done it. You yeah.
0: Know? And I, I don't think it fits her character arc and her story. And you know, not her growth, but her deterioration almost as a person. She gets um, vacuumed. She
1: gets vacuumed.
0: Oh, you think she's going to get vacuumed? Interesting. Oh, I would love to see that.
3: I would love to see her show oh. up at the end to defend old Jean, Charlie yeah. Cox oh. style showing up in Spider-Man. Oh, Man, wow. <laughs> That
0: would be like, fantastic. Um, the other thing, and this will be interesting, of we probably would, won't be able to see a lot of like the process of her getting vacuumed because uh, um, I think it was like the day after El Camino came out. That actor who was, I, I forget his name, but he's like an old Western uh, actor. He passed yeah, away he passed like away. the same week that El Camino came out, which he was in um
3: so, well, so getting we... vacuumed isn't that what they do in ghostbusters is that what they do to the ghost that's what um... i was imagining i was imagining <laughs> that's all i could think about i was very confused yeah. I was like, where's this thing
0: going <laughs> um well anyways y'all i you know we have the kind of funny review scale right I, one out of five one is terrible two is bad three is okay four is great five is amazing i'm pretty I, I think we're on the same page of like you know pretty much anything Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul is a five out of five, just because of how masterful you know uh, these guys five and a are. Half. Five and a half, maybe a six out of five at this point. Yeah. Um, this season I think is incredible. Agreed. I can't wait to see you know how they wrap up the entire series uh, in a month and a half, and you know we're just a, we're a few months away from kind of. Possibly being done with the entire Breaking Bad universe as a whole. Like I don't know where they go really after this. If they if they move on or if they take a couple of years and you know you know we get a Huel uh,
1: story uh, you know show whatever
3: Badger um, Badger and Huel
1: Badger and, <laughs> Badger and I, Huel I, I, I love universe. it. <laughs> I'll tell you what I want I want the the poor fast food kid uh, that works at uh, Boyos. <laughs> Like yeah. that kid, that kid almost deals with as much stress and, and like anxiety as any other character.
4: Uh, <laughs> like when
1: he just, like when, when Freak keeps walking in and he's like, and he's like, does this look clean to you? And he's like, uh sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, poor kid, man. You know, the, <laughs> the chicken
0: assistant manager, uh, coming to AMC Plus in 2024. <laughs> Y'all, let us know in the comments how you have felt about uh, season six, part one. Uh, what are your theories for season six, part two? How do you think it's going to wrap up? Leave all of those thoughts in the comments below. You can also tweet at us uh, all of your thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, again, as a reminder, later this week uh, we will be back with screencast to review the first two episodes of Obi wan Kenobi, a Disney Plus original show. Uh, you know, uh, bringing back Ewan McGregor into the Star Wars universe. Uh, before we go jake where can people find you
3: you can find me uh during the day on game ranks and at night youtube.com jake baldino that's where I'm at. Probably going to make a Top Gun video. I'm seeing that tonight. Oh, Very
0: Let's exciting.
3: Go. You can also
0: check out Top Gun in review. That just uh, the first episode came out today. Uh, it's the, the crew talking all about the original Top Gun. And I think, um, you know, uh, in dress up as well. I think they might have uh, dressed for the, the part of uh, reviewing Top Gun. And then later this week, we will have a Top Gun Maverick in review as well. There you go. Andy Cortez. Ladies, gentlemen, everybody joined with us today. Thank you so much uh, uh, to join us talking about Better Call Saul season six, part one. I'm excited to talk about part two with y'all soon. But until then, it's been our pleasure to serve you.